Welcome to Smash and Grab Comics, everyone. This is the beard. Sitting here with me is the pretty boy of comics. Yeah, I got a tiny beard. Tiny beard. Tiny beard. Smash and Grab Comics. Mine's like a medium beard right now. So uh, it's, it's, it's coming in okay. It's a heavy beard compared to mine, that's for sure. But as far as length, though, my average length is usually a good three to four inches, and this is one. I'm like three to four inches. Or, wait, what are we talking about? Um, cocks? I thought we were talking about that too. <laughs> <laughs> you ever in Orange is the New Black uh, beer can? Is that they referred to the warden as? Because beer cock can. was shaped like a beer can. Beer can. That is messed up. Yes. Anyway. Good okay. lord. Okay. All right. So we're talking about Smash and Grab Comics, John. Yes. What are you looking at on your phone? I'm I'm doing the Snapchat. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. So uh, we're just like catching like the beginning, just I as had, like a sneak peek. Kind of I thing, had you know no I mean? idea last time that you did that that you were actually filming me. Uh, I'm not filming you. The camera's on me. Yeah, but last yeah. time you had it this way. I did. And I saw that on on uh, on uh, Snapchat, and I was like, "What the hell?" Actually, <laughs> my wife pointed it out to me. I'm like, and I was like, I had no idea he was pointing it at me like <laughs> that whole time. Yeah, but I didn't do any, like, the crazy voices or anything. Like, I like these weird filters. Like, yeah. they make you look weird. Yeah. It's just, I like it. I think it's funny. Uh, so, sorry for the break last week, people. Um, Friday night. Yeah, you had um, a huge excuse, though. It's okay. Friday night, uh, my wife went into labor uh, of last week, so the 17th. And then on the 18th, we had our baby girl. So, she's doing well. Everybody's doing well. She was two weeks early, so that's why it was kind of unexpected. But, um yeah, everybody's doing awesome. We're uh, out and about. Well, my wife is up and feeling better, and so yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Everything went good. Everything went well. Yeah, we had just a small concern with a heart murmur that they heard, so we brought her to uh, the cardiologist. Yeah, and they said you know nothing major to be concerned about. They want to see her back in six months just to make sure sure that things are still going on the up and up. So. But everything else is good. Yep. Yeah. It's so. a cute baby. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. She, yeah. She takes after your daddy. She takes beautiful after man. Me. I am beautiful baby. She's a beautiful little girl. <laughs> She's already sprouting a beard at two months. Uh, I, you know, made a joke with my taekwondo uh, club. You know, she came out doing a sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, so man. Prent, that's, last week was Prentice Rollins. That got a huge number of downloads, so that's awesome. Keep them coming, people. We really appreciate any um, support support you can give Love. us. Yeah, actually, I met a, I met a fan at the store the other day. Nice. He said, "Hey, you sound like that one guy from that one thing." I'm like, "Oh no, it's one of those one guys who does that who does that one thing, mm-hmm. you know." And then you get stabbed. Yeah. But, <laughs> and then you get stabbed. But no, he was like, "No, you sound like that guy." Uh, podcast, the Smash and Grab, and I'm like, yeah, that's me. He's like, yeah, I listen to your show. You sent me a trade paperback. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> we did. So, yeah, really? we sent him happy the trade paperback. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, he was in the shop buying back issues. So. That's fun. Yeah, so that I, was awesome. And he talked. I remember that. I got to chat with him and hang out with him for a little. I don't bit. remember mm-hmm. him being local though. The I don't. I don't remember if he was. I, I can't remember if uh, he was local or not. But well, I, I mean, don't when think I, he was because I was the one who sent, sent it. it. Yeah, because yeah, so. I sent him mine. Yeah. So I was. 
now I'm trying to think back on it because you know I don't save emails or, right. or I. I clean out my inbox frequently. Oh, yeah. And so... I used to. Now I don't because I just get so much. Yeah. <laughs> I get crap, you know. Dude, my inbox is like... I know. So, so, so much stuff. Yeah, I just don't remember if he was local. I don't remember either. So I, that's I do of, apologize. But I did meet him, and it was awesome, and it was cool to meet, to meet a listener. So fun. Yeah. I met a listener at a Vikings game. That, at, yeah, at you did Minnesota say Vikings that. Game. That was cool, too. So. Yeah, because I had one of our T-shirts on, and they were like, hey, I listened to that. I'm like, wait. I record that. And I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> You don't know what this is. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know what this is. That's funny. Uh, anyway, so we are Smash and Grab Comics. Yep, and speaking of the shop, uh, this week and this next week and this month and next month and the month after that is all brought to you by Rainbow Comics Cards and Collectibles. You can find Rainbow Comics Cards and Collectibles everywhere on the World Wide Web at rainbowcomicsandcards.com or you can stop down to both of their addresses, uh, 3310 South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, 1501 Pine Lake Road, Suite 17 in Lincoln, Dinkin. Nebraska. Um, I want to thank Dave from Rainbow. Um, he's your boss. Yep. He's the big boss, big yep. man. Uh, no, I want to thank Dave for um, helping out this show. Uh, he told me he really likes what we're doing, so I'm I'm glad somebody likes it that's willing to, um, you know, back us a little bit and yeah. uh, give us some ad dollars. And it's uh, it's yep. good advertising for him and good advertising for us. Yeah. And if you guys know of a small business or are a small business that would like to advertise, please let us know. You can hit Tyler up or myself up. Yep. Uh, we'll give you some uh, details later. But let's get into comics, dude. Okay. We have a lot to talk about for comics. I know. So what do you want to talk about a, first? We both have a good sized pile, and there's only a couple that overlap because I asked you what comics you read. Yeah. Um. So let's start with Venom. Uh, Donnie Cates. Uh, Donny Cates is on fire. Yeah, he's got two comics out this week that I picked up anyway. Venom has two? No, Donny Cates. Oh, okay. What else did he put out? Uh, uh, Redneck. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, yep maybe yep. I didn't bring it. Oh, there it no, is. No, there it is. Okay. So, Venom this week. Um, at the end of the last issue, uh-huh. Miles Morales and Eddie Brock were getting out and away from what they thought was the, the bad dude. And they make their way out through a wall, and they discover they are actually on a flying dragon symbiote. Yeah. Um, so this they is call you, it the Grendel, which is cool. Yep. It's yeah, a cool time it's to very history. cool. Yep. And um, they are falling through space when Eddie wakes up, and um, Miles is going nuts, going, "I don't, I don't know what to do." And then we're falling. I don't know yep, what to do. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, I don't know why you didn't like this. We talked about this before we started recording, but we didn't get too far uh, into it because we wanted to save it. I didn't. But I didn't dislike it. They're falling. They're falling. And Eddie's like, "Use use your webs to make a para- web parachute." Well, the Spider Man does it. He's like, "I don't know how to do that. I'm not that Spider Man." <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's got. Well, Eddie has got uh, one set of dialogue, and then the symbiote also is talking inside Eddie's head. Yeah. But then at one point, Miles can hear it because at the beginning he goes, "Venom, Eddie." Well, one of you lunatics, please wake up. So, so Miles is aware that there. I guess I don't know if he can hear the symbiote, but he knows there's a second. I don't being think he can hear it. I just think he knows of Eddie. He knows of Venom. He knows yep. of the symbiote. Okay, you know, and all that. Um, but yeah, and then um, the the Venom starts to um, take control and just says, you know, let go and grab grab the Spidey, <laughs> mm-hmm. grab the spider. And hold on, you know, like, and then all of a sudden he sprouts wings. Yep. And he floats down to the city and drops him off. That's my only. Um, why didn't you? Why did you cr- not like this about this book? Why? I don't know. I something about that? Venom sprouting wings just was good. 
is... Why is that out of the realm of possibility for you? Why is that so hard to believe? It's not hard to believe. I, just, I guess I just didn't like the... But This why? character having that... <laughs> that. But why? But why? That's what I want to know. I don't understand your disdain for this thing. I don't either, honestly. <laughs> just something about it rubs me the wrong way. I think I, it's I, awesome. Do you? Yeah. I um, feel bad for Miles. He gets just dumped on the roof and off Eddie goes. Well, I like I like how he dumps him on the roof and then uh, yeah. he's like, you know, keep your head down. We'll see you later. And he runs away and then... Uh, uh, Did you mean literally keep my head down on the, <laughs> yeah. for landing on the building or metaphorically? <laughs> yeah, you're like literally like stay low, like lay low because the dragon's going to come back. And then he's like trying to thwip him and like because see if see if he can follow him. And then he's like, uh, you know what? Right. Yeah. No, you seem like you got this one. I hate symbiote stuff. So it's That's... pretty it's pretty great Miles Morales line. Yeah. And it's just a really nice like um, grounding into the Spider-Man universe. You know what I mean? To make this feel like it's still in the Marvel continuity. Yeah. Just to have him there for just a brief, you know, snap. Well, he was a, he Miles was a lot more present in the last two issues. Yeah, he was there for a little bit, but it was a nice spot, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was a nice spot to cement this story in with the other Marvel stuff that's going on. Yeah. I'm glad so. they didn't use Peter. I like Miles as a as a character. I didn't really like the series though, the the Spider-Man series that featured Miles. Yeah. The newest one. Right. Now, the, the, the Michael Bendis ones, uh, Brian, Brian Michael. Michael Bendis, his, from Ultimate Spider-Man to just very recently, he did Miles Morales great. But then this new... Um, just not a fan? No. It's just not... It's just kind of... Uh, All right. Um, but I love the character of Miles Morales. You know, he's been around for quite a long time now. And it brings us back to when Peter was that age and... You know, was he's a young and experienced quirky but kid that doesn't quite have it right, but he's right. trying with his you know full heart, you know, and 100. percent Yeah, no, exactly. I, I like that stuff too, and they do a good job um, using him to uh, as just kind of a like I said, a, a story device to cement this into the Marvel universe. But he does drop him off, and he flies, uh, lands in an alley, takes a break from what's going on because there's a lot of happening. I mean, they just fell from the sky. He just sprouted wings. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so Eddie's freaking out. His heart's racing. You know, you know. I just kind of thought of it. You know what I don't like? What? Uh, is that I probably the dialogue about the wings, you know? And he goes, you can fly. Uh, that's Miles. And, and he goes, news to us too. And I'm just, I don't know. It just, you'd think the symbiote would know. And so then Eddie would know. The symbiote did know it was going to have wings because he told him how to, Relax your body. I'm gonna, you know, take over. But, the, but this isn't a, this isn't a power that they knew they had. The symbiote knew because he he says to him, "They know now." We'll explain later. Trust us. They know now. It knows now. Yeah. But it didn't know prior because it it just attained these powers from what it just explains in this alley. Yeah, at the end of the last issue, right? No, no, he, right here. I mean, it tells right here in this alley. That says when we were close to the master. And yeah, close which to the, was that last issue. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it tells you, it tells you there that they've gained more powers because they've gotten in in contact with the host, like yeah. the original. So it's it's stronger now and knows more things now because it's an ancient thing. Yeah. So so it, as they're falling is what I'm getting as where the symbiote wouldn't go. We've got wings. We're cool. But instead, <laughs> he's like. He's very vague about it. <clears throat> because it's telling him, let your body go limp. You know, we've got it. I'll explain later. Yeah, but you have to understand what I'm thinking is Eddie and Venom. Mm-hmm. Eddie's waking up from unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's yelling at his face. They're mm-hmm. falling. He, Eddie doesn't know. Eddie's trying to fight for control. Venom's trying to fight for control. Yep. So he has, Venom has to let Eddie know, hey, cool it. Like, I got it. Like, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where I'm saying, like, I don't I don't understand why you're upset about it. I don't know either. I really can't <laughs> put my finger on it. It just doesn't feel like a... Whatever, man. A cool, it's cool. A cool Venom power to me. It is a cool Venom power. He can freaking fly, man. I think that... Can you fly? I think that the... Can I, you fly? I wish. That's I really I, wish. That's what I thought. I just don't know. I think that this idea of... Because um, they were in contact with the host or the... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you call it? Um, um, you know, it's like a like a legion or a, so they you know keep, what I mean, hive mind. Yeah, <laughs> they keep alluding to he's going to have more powers, more. We've got a lot more that you, we didn't That's know That's cool. About. It just seems so like... No! What, what is this, Superman, where it's like any po- he's going to have any power Give whatsoever? The, and then, the, like, they can always explain it away because, oh, they touched the the the, the main... Because everything thing. else has been done. This is the most original Venom story in a decade. Yes, the story, yeah, I completely agree. So you have to bring something new to the table, or else it's just Venom whatever. It's I can understand, bull. like, one... Uh, maybe like one add-on or something like that, but this almost sounds like an unlimited number of things he can do now. I love it. Do you? The en- yeah, the pop- the possibilities are endless, and it makes it exciting because you, you, Venom is doing things we've never seen before. Yeah. This is brand new ground. Like, what, do you want to just retread old books? No. Donny Cates won't do that. No, no, he won't. But I just feel like there was like... And... I, I, I don't like this blanket explanation for everything in the future that we're going to see Venom do. It's going to all be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that one time he touched that, the the parent but symbiote that, thing. But that also comes with a, with a flaw, too, because once Null is defeated or yeah. if Null dies, yeah. he no longer has these powers. True. So that's why I'm okay with it because, yes, I understand where you're like, Oh my God! He's got this infinite playbook now of just yep. mutant abilities, but it's all because of this new character. And if this new character is axed, yeah, there's the sever of power, and he's back to being where he, what he where he used to be. Do you think if he was axed, that he'd ev- the symbiote would even live? I don't know. I guess because I mean, if, if we went on that logic, I'm like, he th- they shouldn't survive at all if the if Null was killed. It's tough to say, but I mean, I don't know because. We'll have to see how Donny Cates writes that yeah. and how that how that plays out. Yeah. But I mean, the symbiote was there before, and Null was technically out of the picture. He wasn't dead, but he wasn't alive. He yeah. was just kind of in stasis. But yeah. I think what'll That's happen. That's the word I was thinking about in my head was stasis. Right. That's uh, crazy. They'll probably just figure out a way to put him back in stasis of some sort. Sure. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't think this Null character can technically be killed. Because I mean, no. He, it sounds like he was one of the original creator of the... In the Thor God of Thunder where they're tying it back to, I mean, that's technically killed, but that just put him back into a state of stasis. That's Yeah, Thor did it, if I remember right. So they can just do that again and then severs the connection, those powers are gone, but Null's still around, so the the symbiote's still, you know... Yeah, can do what it has done for years. But that was a good debate. I won, so that's cool. That's cool. Uh, (laughs) I'll agree. I'll agree. Uh... I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm but I don't, I, don't, I don't dislike the book. I think the, the, I know, I know. the overall story is cool. I just I, didn't like that mechanism of, of here's how we're going to explain about all these powers that we're going to give him coming up. Because yeah. to me, that was a really big I think it's um, cool, man. Um, you know, um, I'm, I'm flag t- for us to go, okay, expect a whole bunch of crazy shit. I'm okay with that, you know, especially with what is going on. And we're already dealing with some crazy shit. We just saw a giant venom dragon. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. we're dealing with a lot. And I don't know. I, I like it. I understand where you're coming from, but I think it's cool. That's so good. Yeah, moving on in the story, good. though, we're about to get to, through some more crazy shit. Do you like um, the way that, that when they talk to each other, the way this artist does it, it's having it almost as a separate being that 
Rake kind of comes up and forms a head so that Eddie and Venom are talking face to face. I love that. Do you? Yeah. I, I just don't like the way it looks. I like the idea, but I don't like this. It looks like um, the Venom is like got a balloon head or something, and it looks weird to me. A little bit, but I do like it. It just gives the it it just gives the character some depth. Yeah. Rather yeah. than just being all internal in yeah. terms of it gives Eddie a piece to talk to, it yeah. gives Venom a mouthpiece, and it it, it gives him because um, that's that's new, right? Uh, I mean, prior to yeah. prior to this series, they've this never part, done that prior. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been internal. In, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a it, it's a nice new personification of the character. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think it's that is uh, the symbiote trying to be or Venom trying to get the piece of humanity that it that it doesn't have. Because it's trying to be an entity, it's trying to be its own thing, and w- without having a face, it is nothing. You know right. what I mean? Yep. So I think it's trying to do that. It's yeah. trying to be a person, just like what we're about to see here. Yep. Um, Venom does come back to Rex. Rex. Rex is our guy from Vietnam who's been in the Super Soldier program with the uh, symbiotes, yep. and uh, he's got the whole ties to this. And he pretty much kicked off this whole thing of sending Eddie and Venom off to rescue his friends. But his friends turned out to be more super soldiers, and yep. they were corrupted by the they weren't God. they weren't like him anymore. Right. Um, it, it's a long little story if you haven't if you haven't read or kept up. But um, he comes back to him, and there's a really really cool scene here where Eddie's kind of going through the process of of like when the symbiote freaks out and when he loses control yeah. and it's always about like it's never been about um, he always Eddie always thought that it was the symbiote and the symbiote always thought it was Eddie it was the problem the, what things were going wrong right yeah. but then it turns out that the symbiote was cowering from the um, one of these Vietnam hosts um, yeah it was recognizing Rex, yeah. recognizing the evil quote unquote but uh yeah, he says it was you, and he puts a uh, puts a giant spike through his head. I, that shocked me when I first read it. I was like, "Oh dang!" <laughs> what really what really brought it together for me was in the next scene. It's coming back together. Yeah, very horror esque and very yeah, cool. And he's like, "You know what? Rex isn't even here. It's just me." And we yep. haven't seen that before, where the symbiote can take on a human look all by itself. Yeah, and that's a new another new power, which is cool. And, yeah, uh, um, because, it finally reveals itself. In but its, it's not really new because this this. Uh, Vietnam were in the late 60s, so he said he's been this guy because the host, Rex, died in Vietnam. Right. And he has taken over his identity since then. Mm-hmm. So how come this these few um, symbiotes that connected to these guys in Vietnam, why are they different than the one, let's say, the Venom one that's, that Eddie has? Well, we can speculate now, but we can also tune in this next Wednesday when Web of Venom... Venom comes out because this Wednesday that one shot comes out that will probably give us the explanation. Oh, it's only a one shot? It, I believe so. I don't think it's more than one, but I don't, I'm not, I can't, don't quote me on that one. Okay. But number one does come out this upcoming Wednesday. Sweet. So, I, I, yeah, I want to come on that. down to Rainbow Comics. You could pick up uh, Web of Venom, Venom yeah. this Wednesday, and we can yeah. find out more to that question. So, because I'd love to like speculate, yeah. but I think we should wait until we read that issue. Because we'll be talking about it next week anyway. Right. So, um, you know, it's crazy because, you know, we usually are talking about the indie series, but this series reads so much like the indie books that we really like. Yeah, and because of Donny Cates. To me, it's not a Marvel book. I mean, it is, but it it does not read like one at all. Absolutely not. It reads it reads mature. It reads good, and, and yep. it 
you know, like I said, this is the most original Venom story within the ne- within the last decade. It's just everything is new. We're breaking new ground. Like I understand you were your reservations about the wings and the new powers, but I trust in the writer. I trust in the writing. I trust in the story. And this is this is the example of what Marvel should be doing with their fresh start. Oh yeah, 100%. this this stuff right here. If if you can get content like this for the rest of your myriad of titles for the, you are going to kill it let's let's back up there when you just said their fresh start why do they need these legacy numbers who cares <laughs> because the collector fan base is a fan base of people who have been doing this for so long that want those numbers those numbers make them feel good those numbers are completionist numbers mm-hmm. those numbers I, I i i agree and they work they do that for me too then but i'm going then why why the new number one then keep the old numbering system that's fine because unfortunately nowadays, when people see a number one, yeah. it gives them, you know, if you really want to break it down, American consumerism and uh, just buying rights and just how people feel. Because mm-hmm. in our industry, we're not we're not selling a need. We're selling want. We're selling entertainment. Yeah. And people are buying entertainment. They're buying an escape. They're not buying something they need to live. They're buying a feeling. Yeah. And when you buy a new number one, you feel like you're getting in. You're getting in on the ground level. And you, when you're buying a new number one, you feel like I'm get reading this story from the beginning. Yeah. So that's where it's at. That's where it's rooted in. It's a marketing ploy. Oh, it yeah. is. It's unfortunate. So it that satisfies it, getting new people in, and it satisfies the um, diehard fans that have been collecting the different series for a long time. That's kind of where the quote unquote legacy number, you know, numbering comes from because mm-hmm. it is the legacy of the books on how long they've been around. So yeah. So yes, it appeases both crowds. It is stupid and uh, something that we have to accept in our modern day market of this number one thing. Yeah. We're just gonna see it. I'm over it. I've come to a point where I accept it. I'm getting to that point where it's just like, you know what? It's just a cool story. You know, I've been uh, into the new Amazing Spider-Man stuff. And it's kind of, it's like, okay, just forget about the numbers. Just enjoy it. That it's a new story. It's a new team doing Spider-Man. So see where uh, they take it. I think at this point, we just also have to accept uh, people's attention spans are not what they used to be. And that's not a dog on anybody. Like, I even have a short attention span, like in terms of uh, what I like and what I read. Mm-hmm. It changes hourly, like you know what I mean. Like, oh yeah, like this week I love this Venom book, and yep. then like two issues from now I could be like, meh, I, I didn't read the last two. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't think that's gonna happen. But it's happened with other books where I just click, snap, and I, I'm off. You know, off to something else, off to something different. Yeah. And just people's attention span is so short. So why, why even? Make a book that goes over 25 issues or 26 issues or 30 issues when no one cares after 12. You know what I mean? That's true. That's my thing. Yeah. You know, and that's my defense of it. And I'm not going to sit there and tell people it's right. I'm not going to sit there and tell people it's wrong. It's just the way the market is now. Yeah. It's the way the world is now. I was thinking about this the other day, and I think the, the what worked well for me anyway is like stuff like, okay, like Black Hammer I'll be talking about in a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, they had one miniseries with it. Uh-huh. Hey, Dented. Now, they they got Black Hammer, Age of Doom, right? Yeah. They're going to do, you know, a number of issues and then end it and then Black Hammer or something else, right? It's a spin-off. It's very much like um, Mike Mignola's uh, Hellboy. Right. Right? You, they don't have Hellboy 1 through 150 right now. Right. It's like 1 through 6. Yep. 1 through 4. Yep. They're just, they're just little minute Hellboy series. I like that. That's, you know, that is something that the indie market created. Yep. And I think p- 
people are backlashing against it because they've never seen that happen as a staple in the Marvel and DC universe. It's right. always been the legacy numbering. It's always been the big numbers. It's always been this is issue number seven hundred and whatever. Right. You know, and I don't. I just think that people are not adopted to it yet. Yeah. I think five years from now won't even have won't even just talk about it. Like everyone for, will. For just, me, that was one of the big things about getting into indie comics that I liked because. You didn't have to if it wasn't a good series like uh, bedtime stories coming up. You know, four issues. I can so deal with four issues. So you, yeah, you can get I'll the whole story. Out. You'll stick it out even if one of them's, eh, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not a huge. I wasn't a huge fan of issue number three. Right. But we're almost at the finale. I'll stick it out for one more. Yep. If I'm stuck in a Spider-Man book and it's issue one number sixty. Yep. And I am done. I'm like, well, yep. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I'm gonna miss out on. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have to just slug through it. But uh, but yeah, I just I really think that within a certain amount of time, we won't even like talk about it anymore. The legacy numbering will be there, and we're gonna see just story arc issues, you know. And I have no problem with it. That that would be tr- that would be cool if they started doing that. My thinking is though, is that they won't start over with a new story arc issue number, like the new ones that they're just doing now. Uh, fresh start stuff. Yeah, it's gonna be those numbers. F- for years. I don't think so. You don't? Mm-mm. So half those characters can't hold stories longer than 20 issues. Look at Punisher, for example. Yeah. How many issues? How many? Vo- how many? I looked the other day. 11 different vol- um, volumes. Or, yeah, Punisher series. series. Yeah. He can't hold yeah. it. It's it's tried and true. From the golden age of comics yep. to the fall of comics to the rebirth of comics now, Yep. Punisher has never been able to hold a series past 20 30 issues you know what I mean no. I mean he has that big one uh, the, I think it's like you know the yep. uh, one of the first series he has and yep. he's climbing down the scaffolding with the big rocket launcher yep. it was a Marvel series that's a big one yep but it's that ended too you but know even, what I mean you know even that though you know hung on too long right um, yeah I agree they either hang out too long or they just doing, they pitter out doing you know? that the Hellboy treatment like we were just describing yeah I think for um Punisher, that would work really well. Absolutely, he's a character that lends himself to it, and I honestly think Venom would work as that as that yes. too. I mean, I I wouldn't well, mind that's how, well, getting done with this and then waiting for another team to jump prior on. Prior to one. okay, the Venom series right before this one, mm-hmm. that one went on quite a while. Um, but prior to that, they were mini, really mini series, you know. Yeah. So I just I think it's going to be an industry norm that we're going to have to get used to, like it or not. You know. Yeah. Um, I like it. I mean, I, I understand. Like I said, you know, I understand both sides of it, and I'm not telling anybody that it's right or it's wrong. Mm-hmm. It is just, it is what it is, and we're going to have to accept it because I don't think it's going to change. But um, back to this book. Sorry, we went off on a tangent no, there. No, no, I like, I love tangents. Oh yeah, that's the and beauty of the show. That's where we get the flavor, right? <laughs> the that's, essence. That's the that's that's the this kicking it up a notch, that's man. That's the ajou of Apple our pepper bam. Um, <laughs> Great! Now I have to. Now I have to uh, edit out that uh, uh, Emerald Lagasse. No, that peak uh, oh. of your voice right there. Sorry. Bam! Right. Bam! That's gonna blow out some earbuds. Oh, uh, that's okay. I'll whisper next time. Bam! Bam! Okay, bam. So now uh, Eddie is talking with his uh, symbiote, and in, um, they're talking about the Grendel, right? Yes. The Grendel. The dragon. Yeah, the dragon, and. Four of those pieces off of the Grendel 
were those Vietnam guys. Which is sweet. Which is might be why they have different abilities, now that I'm answering my own question. See? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I like the way he looks. He looks he looks like incomplete. He looks like he's trying to be human, but he's not kind of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's like, revealing that he is a symbiote, but he's just, you know, he's had the touch of humanity. Mm-hmm. So it's it looks more like a like a changeling kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I really like they have this conversation. They kind of meet together about what's happening in this whole situation and, like, uh, what they can do. And then they kind of come up with and formulate this plan that, hey, you just had a connection with the host and now you have these new powers. Imagine what we can do together if we combine. Right. So Rex gives himself over to Venom. Yep. And now Venom and Rex and Eddie all, all inhabit one. Yeah, all inhabit so one here's, body. Here's what I'm wondering. Um, there's got to be. I'm going to guess there's more pieces of the um, Grendel out there besides these Vietnam ones. Well. Uh, they do allude to it that in that tunnel scene yeah. where Eddie was first attacked. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of them. Uh, he got those. Yeah. So I think Rex is the last piece. Rex is. Okay, because I was going to say, Cause cause that's I, could what see, I could see going forward, they just absorbing more and more of them so they can get big enough to fight and all. You right. Know? But no, I, I think that they do allude to it that Rex is the last piece. Rex is the, the thing that Null is searching for to complete his, his uh, legion of symbiotes and be that god again yeah that's cool and unleash the grendel's power so yeah i don't know what kind of power the grendel has that he doesn't have now i don't know the flying dragon and uh, uh, i love the way this ends too they're walking down the tunnel where rex's hideout is and uh, they got this cool nine uh, like um like always moving look like the yeah. symbiote it's like yeah, these, always morphing now that rex is combined with eddie and Venom, yeah, it looks it, cool he looks just like it's just constantly kind of like rippling, roll, rippling water, yeah, right? Yeah. It just you get, the artwork really does a good job of showing that. Yeah, I mean, it just shows more power. It's cool, and yes. it, it exudes coolness. It, I, I, I really love that. I agree, hundred percent. And then um, the, they're talking about how originally Grendel was thwarted by Thor, and they might have to get in touch with Thor to s- help fight Null again. Yeah, and um, so they just al- to put my mind to line all this up, is the Grendel. Is that the symbiote for Null? I think that's kind of his, like, ultimate minion. Okay. Like, that is kind of like the alpha. Okay. In a, you know what I mean? In yeah. A, in a pack. Yeah. That's the alpha. Okay. Like, that's his. But he, the, the Grendel's not a symbiote to something else, to another character, another being? I don't think so. Okay. I just, I think that is, that is the alpha leader. Kind yeah. of thing of the other ones. Yeah. That's kind of Null's big connection. Yeah, and that's okay. his. You know, because trying ultra, to, ultra venom. You know what I mean? <laughs> trying, trying to make sense of this I in know. my head as to what we're talking about. These aliens and yeah, how yeah, yeah. I'm going. Okay, so what is this Null guy? Is he? Is he the? Um, He's the god of the symbiotes. Ulti- yeah. Okay, but He's, he isn't one himself. Not technically. He's the origin of them. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. They came from him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. I'm, yeah, just, yeah. Trying to, but I'm just trying to go, what came first, Aren't the chicken you? or the egg? Uh, the venom. So to me, what came first, the symbiote or the god, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, the last line in this book is cool. They're walking down this tunnel, um, and then um, he says, you know, they might not have to get in touch with Thor, and then they say, we might not be able to throw lightning. 
but we can damn sure bring the thunder. And they walk into this giant room with guns. It's I thought like, that was a cheesy line. I loved it. I thought Did that's you? great. Yeah, it's, it's a nice ending note. It's a nice cliffhanger. I and love them walking into the ar- armory, though. That was cool. Yeah, it, and uh, this is a little bit of the Agent Venom flavor that we had where Venom yep. was using guns and stuff and yep. Special Agent. And uh, I, I'm down to see Venom blasting people. Like, rather than, you know using just his powers now he's going to have powers and shooting stuff too he's like, like that's, spawn yeah <laughs> i mean like, totally yeah. this is a way more legible spawn book <laughs> <laughs> so that's venom number five we just uh went through that for quite a while thanks so much for bearing bearing with the uh the outbursts and the oh no <laughs> hey, <laughs> the sidetrack that took up half an hour yeah that's right uh that's right that's what we do. Hey, I'm just going to bring up Ice Cream Man real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an anthology of horror stories. Um, this particular one is um, has no dialogue. No? What? Really? It's, no. The only the only dialogue is... Is it the perspective of a dog? Well, the dog has some dialogue when it says, you know... Rough. Woof. <laughs> uh, so this kid, from the Ice Cream Man, this kid buys uh, a Neapolitan ice cream cone. So there's three flavors on it. Yeah. Okay. And each flavor, then, as he's eating it, um, is a different reality of this kid's life going forward. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And the dog one where he finds this stray dog is the only one that leads to happiness. Uh, the girl one where he finds the girl leads to a horrible death, as does the one where he discovers there in the third flavor there were worms in it. Oh, great. Um, yeah, both of them lead to horrible, gross endings but, but the middle uh the middle flavor um in his uh ice cream cone leads him to uh a happy life with his dog i think that's a great way to tell a story i like how it's got the three and they're not like sequential they're they're like straight across yeah they're not like page right. and then move to the next page it's just literally every horizontal page, every page is a double page spread yeah horizontal um, storytelling yeah and you almost have to read it top all the way through, middle all the way through, yep. and bottom all the way through. I read it twice. I did it once where I read each page to page where I read the red, the yellow, the orange. Then I read yellow, orange. Then I reread it and did it the way you just said. Yeah. Where I read Straight all through. the way to the end with red, all the way to the end with yellow. Um, and um, It's cool, though. I like that. Yeah. This was a totally different turn for um, this series because... Like I said, there was no dialogue. Everything was artwork. Um, Sometimes you need that, though. You need yeah. to switch it up and put it back to basics. Well, I thought that was the last issue. Because um, this one, um, the issue number five, was a guy who decided to kill himself, and he jumped out of uh, off of a skyscraper. And on his way down, he's giving his whole confessions of his whole life. And they call it the 54th floor confession, the 42nd floor of confession, you know. That's crazy, And so too. Then I thought that was the, the departure from the way, regular storytelling. Yeah. You know. And here uh, we go. So this one's up. even different. Uh, Does that one beat the other one, though? Does that beat that? Uh, no, they're not even, to me, they're not even. Comparable? No. Totally different? Yeah, they're just different. And so they're cool. Yeah. Um, whereas uh, it gives me the vibe of, like, um what was that horror anthology TV show, The Crypt Keeper, right? Yeah, Tales from the Crypt, yeah. Tales from the Crypt. It reminds me of that a little for bit. Sure. Where the Ice Cream Man is the Crypt Keeper. There's, there is room for that now. We, there needs to be a TV show out there that does that. And um, unfortunately, like, there was a Tales from the Crypt TV show in the works yeah. with M. Night Shyamalan and a bunch of other horror directors and yeah. other, like, things like that. And then it just fell through. Did like, it? Yeah, they had, like, a pilot 
like halfway shot. Yep. And you, I think you'd watch like the first like twenty minutes online, uh-huh. and then just fizzled out. Nothing ever oh, happened. So. That's too bad. It is too bad because there's room for that. I'm enjoying comics like this. Um, I wish that uh, the other one would come back. The um, the one that took place in Scotland. Um, that you and I both liked, um, Sync. Sync, yeah. yeah. I, I really am hoping for a volume two here soon. That yeah, would be because awesome. that one also really cool. The way it was just—I thought a, it was brilliant. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's—it didn't reinvent that idea of the, you know, the anthology, mm-hmm. but it was really cool how they structured it. it yeah, was, and it, everything, everything seemed to come to fruition there. It was like a perfect storm. The art was great. The storytelling was great. Yep, it was creepy. And it came at a good time where like nothing out there like that was like was doing things like that. Yeah. So it was just one of those perfect storm books. I think hopefully they can catch lightning in a bottle twice on that one. But that did, was a good book. Did you ever? Um, shoot, I was going to ask you. Never mind. Tyler forgot what just, he was talking about. So I'm not going to sit here and try to remember because we are recording. That's not good an for audio, audio. podcast. <laughs> Smash and grab comics. What do you got? <laughs> I'm gonna go with a twofer because uh, okay. you didn't read either of these. No, uh, I read uh, Britannia: Lost Eagles of Rome number two. See, this was a huge week for comics for me. Yeah, it was a big stuff week that I read too. So in my head, I was going, "Okay, what do I have to drop?" So Britannia didn't get bought this week. That's okay. Uh, Britannia, Lost Eagles of Rome, number two. And then I also read Beasts of Burden, number one. I'll talk about Britannia real quick. Just uh, we did cover issue number one pretty extensively. Yep. Uh, it is also volume three in the series, so it's been around for a while. Uh, it's a pretty niche book. Yep. You know, it's an alternate history book about the first detective. We talked about all that. You yep. can listen to our past shows for more information on it. But Antonius Axia and um, his gladiator partner uh, have been trying to go on this journey to figure out where the lost eagles of Rome are. Yep. Uh, they think. Th- Nero, the emperor, thinks they're in Germany, but Antonius needs to go to Egypt first because he has an inkling that there might be something going on there. So they show up in... Uh, well, that would make sense. I mean, uh, Egypt was a major trading hub for the Romans at that time. And that's what he's getting at. He, there's also one of the past generals that now holds a high position in society there, so he's wondering about that. Uh, one of the generals who lost the eagles of, uh, in the battle. Yeah. So he's wondering... What the hell? You know, like, why are you here holding such a high status position when you're the one reason who, you know, I'm even here For on sure. this journey? Yep. Uh, but yeah, um, they show up in Egypt, and there seems to be this pharaoh who's calling himself the reincarnation of Ramses, uh, who's spouting uh, propaganda. Sure. He's he's pri- he's trying to. Uh, get the people to follow the Egyptian way and, like, the Egyptian yep. gods again. Yeah, because Christianity at that time was starting to take hold. Yeah. Um, now, see, this this is a book that if this coming week is a small week for me, I'm going to pick up this issue that you've got in your hand um, because I did like the concept of it. Oh, and yeah. I, and, I, and I was a fan, and it's just, like I said, so I, much stuff. Yeah, I love the mystery, it. how it unfolds, but uh, Antonius is wondering why he's got such a soapbox to chant this stuff from because the pharaoh yeah because okay. uh because egypt is occupied by roman centurions yep and if they would have heard that in rome they would have cut his lips off yeah <laughs> so the news hasn't spread back to rome so why aren't the centurions telling anyone well the thing is that's the thing like there's roman centurions next to this pharaoh 
and he's just spouting this evil, poisonous nonsense. Yep. And Antonius is like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. So he finds later on that the prefect, uh, which is the past general, yep. who is holding this uh, position, he is meeting up with this guy, too. So now they've got some sort of clandestine thing going on. So now there's even more you know, going on in Egypt society. And uh, there's more to this story about the Lost Eagles. And we don't really know too much. It doesn't give us a, uh, more information about the Lost Eagles, but it thickens the plot in terms of uh, political intrigue, you yeah. know, with this guy uh, being in Egypt and living this glorious life while he's uh, a uh, failed general of Rome. You know what I mean? Okay. So... I, I love it. I know it's a great story. I don't want to get too much into it because you are going to read it. Yeah, but I'm definitely planning on picking <clears throat> it up. It was, uh, but that's just a quick spot on Valiant uh, doing their alternate history book, Britannia. It's volume three again. I love it. It's just now it, in the other. It is my think piece read. In, in in the other volumes, is it the same um, detective guy? Antonius Axia is in, yeah. is in all of them, yeah. Okay. Uh, the first one starts off with him actually going to the lands of Britannia. Uh, at that point, they were savage lands run by druids and weirdos. Probably, probably <laughs> at that time, maybe the Viking culture was starting to make very, its way over there. Very, very close. And um, there was Wiccans and witchcraft and a lot of just weird stuff was happening in that area. It was yeah. a mystical uh, world. Well, that was, might not even be... No, the... Vikings didn't show up till the year like 800 it is AD so it's very Nordic yeah. it has Nordic themes in that first volume sure and uh, it's following a beast yeah uh, and there's some sort of beast that has killed a giant section of this army and Antonius is actually <clears throat> investigating whether it was truly a beast or yeah. whether it was something routed more in reality does Valiant usually put together their stuff in trade paperbacks yeah you can get this in trade paperback Absolutely. Volume 1, Volume 2. I should pick those up. I got them. I can just line them to you, So too, maybe so. I'll get a better idea. You know, not that not that I'm confused over this story, but, you know, a little background on the character. We're getting little, started with the character and how he right. how he was taught and all that. Because they do... There is some supernatural embedded into this. Mm -hmm. Like, in the first... Wait, you could tell in the, in the first issue of this particular series, you could tell that, too, that there is going to be some of that aspect. Like, but. the Vestal Virgins, you know, show him this sacred tome mm -hmm. and the tome actually like you know comes to life and like spins around him and gives him this power of deduction you know what i mean okay, like so so, uh, so it's got a little bit of of uh, uh supernatural little, in there had a little bit of dr strange to it kind of like absolutely cape, like the cape when the cape comes from, you know <laughs> yeah absolutely but uh check it out it's definitely one of my uh guilty pleasures i really love this book britannia lost eagles of rome uh, and then just a quick spot on Beasts of Burden. This was like Hellboy meets Paw Patrol. I love Evan Darkin. Milk and Cheese was one of my favorite um, naughty pleasures. You know, yeah. I don't mean naughty in like a sexual way, but <clears throat> no stuff that um, my mom definitely wouldn't have wanted me to read. <laughs> uh, but I didn't get into them till later in life. But still, it had that like, oh, should I be reading this? Like this milk and cheese um, characters just with the most awful um, language you yeah. can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Beasts of Burden number one comes from us from uh, <clears throat> comes to us from Dark Horse Comics. It, like I said, it's like Hellboy meets Paw Patrol. It's about a group of dogs who have mystical powers yeah. and who are protectors of the natural realm and natural world. Sure. Uh, the book opens up with a forest fire. All the creatures are running away. Turns out it's a it's a salamander, a flame salamander, who started oh. this fire, and our, our little terrier 
Lear. Uh, he's <laughs> kind of one of our uh, main characters. He comes in to see what the problem is and yeah. why this forest fire is happening. And he finds the salamander. Yeah. And he thinks the salamander did this maliciously, but it turns out the salamander was caught in a magical trap yeah. within the forest okay. and could not burn its way out. So it was emitting fire to try and get away. It wasn't trying to be malicious and burn things. And so he uses his powers to snap the trap open. And the fire goes out. The other dogs take care of it. Uh, they, they summon a rainstorm with their little mystical summoning circle. <laughs> okay. The idea of this book is ludicrous. I, yes, I'm. it's exactly... As I'm, okay, as I'm it, listening to you, I'm going... On one hand, I'm like, this is right up my alley. But on the other hand, I'm like going, this is so dumb. It reads so beautifully, though. I mean, it's the artwork is uh, very reminiscent of Grass Kings, but with a little more realism to it. Yeah. Speaking of, I just read the Grass Kings Volume 2. Uh, I've been buying them in hardcover. Yeah. God, it's fucking awesome. Are you yeah, still reading it? Absolutely. Ongoing? It's great. Okay, I love it. Because it is good. It is one of my favorites, for sure. When I finished it, I was going, I hope John's still reading this. Because <laughs> like you said, sometimes you just snap, snap and drop off. off something. No, Grass Kings is one I've been following since the beginning. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I love it. Um, but yeah, they summon a rainstorm with their little summoning circle, and they're talking about, you know, the day and, you know, what happened. And yep. uh, there's uh, some of these dogs are actually like initiates, and like they're like, good job with your summoning circle. Like, uh, my first summoning circle, I summoned newts that fell out of the sky. <laughs> it was also, it was first, good it was in. <laughs> good job, buddy. Yeah. It was like, I summoned newts. It was very ineffective and also very embarrassing. Like, <laughs> So again, back to the Doctor Strange reference. Yeah, I'm trying to do his circle of this teleportation circle. Yep, just in failing. Yep. And then after they're done, of course, with uh, putting out the forest fire, they. Th I like how there there is an attention to the secret world of dogs and the secret world of the, these dogs being a, you know, a troop of sorcerers. <laughs> like, yeah. They uh, they erase their little summoning circle off of the dirt. Like they yeah. paw it away they're, so that. So no one will find it. Right. No one will find it. Like, what the hell is this, you know? Yep. But um, <clears throat> they go back to one of the caves to kind of wait, wait things out and rest. And they're talking about this symbol that was on the bear trap. Yep. Uh, they're talking about the symbol that was on the trap. Uh, and the symbol was a magical symbol. And he talks to his other dog compatriots about this symbol. And um, they decide in the morning they're going to go investigate and see if they can find that trap again, too look further into it see if anybody else recognizes it oh that'll be cool um during the night one of the dogs has a nightmare about ravens eating uh one of his one of his friends which is kind of like a uh, an omen because for them to all go into the forest to look at the trap mm -hmm. they're having to put off helping another group of dogs with something they just don't know what it is they just had a request for them so to come and see them, like, hey, we need you to come so and see us. kind of rat, rat queens a little bit, too. A little bit, yeah. You know, that um, we're a pack, we need to go help out this group, we've been hired or summoned. So he has a bad dream about these ravens eating this husky. Oh, I know. So so he wakes up and, you for know. For our listeners out there, um, I don't know about John, I think you do like dogs. Uh, I like dogs. Uh, yeah, I have no problem got, with you're, them. You've got a cat at home. We have, we have two cats. I have, oh, you got a second cat. I've only no, seen one. We've had to. Really? Oh, well, the other one's really scared of new people. Oh, okay. Yeah. We have dogs at my house, and I am a just a bleeding heart dog lover. Uh, so when you Seeing that the, breaks your heart. Yes, and it's just a comic book thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, he has this bad dream about, you know, this husky friend of his that is getting eaten, yeah. dead. So he's scared that them putting off of this, you know, going to see 
whoever at yeah. this farm or wherever they're needed yeah. is maybe a bad omen, like something bad is happening there. Sure. Um, but they go into the forest, and you're going to love this. You're going to love this. This okay. is why I'm talking about this so much, because I want to sell you on this book. I think it's great. I, you're you're close. <laughs> I will tell you. I will tell you. At Wait. first, I was like, this is too dumb for me. Wait until we get to the next page. But here. then again, I did read that uh Onion breath, or what was that book called? That Dude, was so vinegar bad. Vinegar teeth. Vinegar teeth. I don't know how you stood. You <laughs> withstood that. It was just one issue. I didn't buy another one. God, that was terrible. <laughs> God, that was awful. I don't care. Like that was just obligatory <laughs> shit. Like I'm sorry, that was bad. Okay. Well, um, I did read that, so <clears throat> I I could probably read this and be like uh, pleasantly surprised. This is so much fun. Okay. Uh, but anyway, they go into the forest. <clears throat> they're looking for this trap. They finally find it. And then um, as they're looking for it or uh, looking at it and they're kind of discussing what it is and why it's got this symbol on it and all that, and they say it's uh, uh, definitely a magical item. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I think he's – what is what is this dog here? Is he kind of like a bulldog a little bit? It looks to me like a boxer. A little bit, yeah, like yeah. a boxer. Yeah. yeah. So he's a boxer and he's, he's pulling on the uh, – where the – uh, trap is attached to. He found the chain. Yeah, and where yep. it's linked. Yep. And he's pulling on it, and, he, and they're like, "Dempsey, what are you doing?" He's like, "I found the chain. I'm gonna see where it goes. It might tell us something." Dempsey, wait! And he pulls it out of the ground, and uh, he's like, "Oh, see, no problem. Sorry, did I get dirt on anybody?" And then all of a sudden, these giant, these little uh, gremlin things, gremlin goblin things, run out of the hole where the where that the uh, post was. That post was. And it was like plugging it. Yep. So now they're in full on battle mode. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> These things, okay. Um, so we have any Marvel uh, readers out there, do you remember in Amazing Spider-Man what the um, um, the Jekyll looked like? Yes. Okay, these look like him. Like for sure, yeah. they definitely do. They yeah. definitely do. But they're these little goblin creatures, hole dwellers. Uh, they're coming out of this hole and they're attacking. And uh, I love the sheepdog psionically cuts this one's head off. Yes. Very awesome. It's, it reminds me of. Um, um, uh, Professor X, right? Yeah. When he's using his his, yeah. uh, his um, telekinesis powers, or not telekinesis, but right. But they always showed it. He has a, like a red star on his forehead. They showed it. That yeah. Way. This is what this dog looks like now. Except it looks. In this book, it's more like a laser. A little uh, bit. And then uh, the one dog is trying to cast this uh, flame spell, and he starts saying the words, and then they're like, uh, um, the sheepdog is one of the kind of the elders. He's like, Miranda, no, we're not clear. Last resort only. It's like, yes, sir, but with all due respect, this is beginning to look very last resort to me. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! The the boxer is coming in with like the cavalry, swinging the chain around and like just annihilating this guy. <laughs> and then finally, they get enough room to clear like this fire spell. So the sheepdog says, "Now, nah, Miranda," and he casts the fire spell. And then uh, there's lightning spells and all this other stuff. And they beat them, zap them, kill them. And uh, the uh, boxer wants to go into the hole to find more yeah and he's like no you can't go down to hole dwellers because if you follow down the hole chances are you may never come out right so uh the book ends however on them looking at these little hole dweller guys and that same symbol that was on the bear trap yeah isn't uh burned onto their arms too okay so the mystery continues yeah you're gonna the keep, plot thickens you're gonna go on i think this is cool man you're i love another this issue yeah so then um okay uh the preview for the next issue has got these very ruin like symbols uh-huh. uh, over a barn part, part of the uh, over a barn so they're gonna go see their friends yeah with, with that guy had that bad dream yep um so 
It's very Supernatural-esque. It's got... Um, this is such a cool book. I loved this book. Yeah. I could see that, like I was saying about Evan Dorkin. He's just got a great way of making mundane things. Yeah. Dogs. Dogs. Uh, with like, spells. Like <laughs> dogs with spells, right? But before it was milk and cheese. and then Super cool. Yeah. Loved this. So I'll give it... I, you know what? I have two books to pick up now. Bertania, my next week's going to be huge. Yeah. Beasts of Burden issue number one. I thought it was a fabulous surprise. Knew nothing about it going in this week. Uh, and I just thought it was it was definitely the biggest surprise. Like, I could not find uh, myself, like, disinterested in this book. Like, I was smiling throughout. throughout. Like, I was like, this Dark, is so much fun. Dark Horse is doing really good lately with Yeah. Me. And I'm sorry I went into that in way too much detail. But I was really mostly just trying to sell you. Yeah. And you, the listeners, on that book. It was the big surprise this week. Beasts of Burden, issue number one. All right. Well, Royal City is now over. Thank God. Well, that's not that's not nice. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. No, but you uh, know how I feel about Jeff Lemire. Yeah, Jeff Lemire's Royal City uh, just ended with issue number 14. Um, it just wrapped up really nicely and gave everyone in Tommy's family a chance to reconcile their feelings about his death um, years earlier. And Tom, so um, throughout this whole series, Tommy has been coming to each one of his family members at a different um, so, like, he would come to his brother as an adult, Tommy. Like, ha- had he grown all the way up, this is what he would look like. Sure. The, he went to another brother as really young Tommy, you know, before he died. And so he came to everyone at a different age in his life um, that would relate to what they're going through and how they can heal. And, you know, it was just a good, like, story about death and how you... Um, grieving. Everyone, everyone comes to term. Yeah, it's a good grieving book. You yeah. Know? It was a it was an acceptance book on death and the process. Right, that's a good way to put it. Um, I read in the letters page Jeff Lemire was calling it, you know, a non-genre book, and I could totally see that because for the long time I was trying, having such a hard time explaining to people what the book was about. Yeah, um, the book but, is a the book is a piece about death and acceptance of death and dealing yeah, with it. Yep, yeah. and then you know adding but a little also, bit of weird weirdness to it because you know the the kid's ghost is basically haunting his family yeah in in different ways you know right so. but it's a it's a perspective on death from the perspective of death yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah yep. yep yep so uh it's royal city's over um how many issues seven 14 oh jeez excuse yeah. me sorry <laughs> no so yeah there were two two um groups of seven two story arcs you know that's cool though yeah that's a nice little chunk yep I, you know, we talked about, you know, issues and... When they uh, went past the six, seven mark, I'm going, okay, this is going to be an ongoing now. But yeah. this took me completely by surprise that it's over because I did not realize that at all. But then, Were you sad? No. It ended well enough um, where I was going, okay. Resolute. Yeah. Everything I was going, came to an end. Yeah. I wasn't sad because it's not a real um, barn burner of a read. You know, it's more just like a, you're reading someone's diary almost. And, you know, you want to kind of see what's going on next, but yet it's not... It's not action-packed yeah. all the time. The, the action is in the dialogue and yeah. the storytelling. So I wasn't I wasn't sad it's over, but at the same time, I enjoyed it. So Good deal. Yeah. Royal City wraps up the, this week. Issue number 14. And that was from Image Comics. And, of course, uh, we're talking about Jeff Lemire. Um, he'll be coming up again in one of the comics that I'd like to talk about. But let's talk about Die, Die, Die. Yeah. Robert Kirkman's um, new secret... 
um, die, die, die. Secret series. Now, this is funny because I use a comic app to keep um, uh, tabs on what I have, what I don't have, what I want to buy. You know, you could do all these cool things with it. Sure. So when I bought this and put it into the comic app, it cannot find this <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's that secret. No, issue number one is in there with the 11 different versions. Oh, really? But issue number two, as of the time of when I tried to put it in there, it might be someone might have added it now, but huh. it wasn't even, you know, because this app works by you scan the barcode and it finds it. And so this issue is really cool because it's just a slight backstory about these triplets that wait, are they triplets or are they just brothers? I think they're I think they're triplets. However, like before we get too far into this, like we'll describe this opening scene. Um, our last issue ended with uh, the a group of identical brothers. There yeah. we go. Um, our last issue ended with the one of the brothers uh, being out on a special mission, getting captured, and now is being put up for auction yep. uh, to the highest bidder for all of the secrets he contains because he's been a special agent for secret agent for who knows how long. Yep. So now his other brothers are identical twins and also assassins are coming out of the woodwork to go and save him. So uh, let's um the the one that's in captivity to be auctioned just to recap, he had his nose cut off. He did. In the last issue. So that comes up later in this issue. It does. So just put it out there. Keep that the in mind. guy that is being auctioned off is missing his nose. Yes, it is. He is. Now the first opening image is where I have my main problem with this book. It is my only problem with this book, but this first image right here literally says up in the upper left-hand corner, some time ago, a group of identical brothers learned their father was an assassin for hire. Yes. Okay. We know that there's three accounted for brothers. Yeah. But I count in this picture four children. You know what's funny? Every panel going forward, there's only three. Why is there four in that beginning one? That's my problem. It makes no Holy sense. Hell, I never noticed that before. That was literally the first thing I noticed. Do you think there's an Easter egg? That's an Easter egg for a fourth brother to come out of the woodwork sometime? I think so. Because I was I literally scanned these photos like like the or these uh, the art like yeah. 100% in these to find maybe another one like sneaking around somewhere. Sure. And the only other one I could find is in the title credit Die Die Die. Yeah. There's the three brothers. Yep. Those are the main protagonists. But then if you look into the building, there's one other guy there who's totally, like, nondescript yep. that could potentially be a fourth brother. Let's flip back to a page because you have the same thing over here. Okay, the brother on the far right with the knife, look behind him. There's, like, a kid screaming back there. Well, I think that's a dead guy. He's cutting those two guys faces. Okay. All right. I thought it was just the one on the right, but you think he cut both of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, the guy behind him has a a giant red mark coming out of his neck. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think that was just from the slash of this, the the kid in the foreground. Nah, that's a a dead dude right there. All right. All right. right. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I count four, you know, three kids here. Right. And three kids here. And then uh, three guys in the title die, die, die. But then then a fourth one, he's up in the rubble of that um, building that's fallen down, and he's also firing a gun. Yeah, and he's not getting killed. And I don't know, maybe, just maybe, that's a fourth brother. Yeah. You know what? That would make sense based on this very first panel. Yeah. I didn't notice that at home. 
when, uh, that I read, was, when I read this. That was the first thing I noticed and I saw. Because it does not say three. It just says a group. A group of identical brothers. My I should go back to issue one because I want to I want to say that they said triplets. Uh, maybe I just thought that because there's three of them that we've always seen and they uh, said they were identical so I just assumed triplets but you're right on here it says a group of identical brothers so and I'm then they're watching their dad um, murder somebody, murder somebody. <laughs> see that's what I was watching in the background yep, it's I, was distracting. Looking at, I was looking at that murder scene with the dad um, taking someone out four heads though four kids four kids in the foreground watching so yeah Unless that's a massive, massive art fail, but I don't think it is. Like, yeah, if it was, that is way too big of one. Yeah. Unless they decided to go from four to three and they didn't catch this panel. I hope not. I hope that's not the case. Because, but yeah, it's just. I think that might but be. But this is Robert Kirkman. Would he right. make that mistake? I don't think so. And how long he's been working on this book and being secretive about it, and also with the book being secretive, I think that would be a secret. Easter egg, or just for people who are paying attention, that there. I think there's a fourth brother, bro. Yep. That's just my. Uh, I'm with you. I think so too. That's my crazy fan theory. I'm with you. I think so. Um, so that's my fan theory. Uh, but yes, the book uh, goes forward uh, with the um, one brother getting some information about. They never really have names uh, until later. We later, find, they we do. don't find out. Um, but he's getting information on where his noseless brother is being yeah, held at this castle and he goes cool i haven't been to a castle before yeah or i haven't spent a lot of time in castles yeah and uh she she's uh, this girl is giving him the information they're kind of going about it and she's like well you know thanks for letting me get this information to you uh, don't worry no one will know that i was here and no one will know that you were here and he's like uh well he's like seriously though no one needs no one can know that i was here and she's like no i understand he's like no, no you don't i don't think you do and he, and he, bam, bam! Right in the head. Bam! Right in the case. So he shoots her right in the face. Uh, very violent. But so then that's her, what a hitman would do. Yep. So her phone then goes off. He pulls it out of her jacket, and he's talking to somebody um, on the phone. Who wanted her dead. Yeah. So how did they know that it was okay to call? On her phone, they called her number for him to answer. Well, if he's an assassin and he's as good as he is, yeah. he would have given that person an exact time to call. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Like yeah. I'm gonna kill her at 7:01 p.m. stand like Central Standard Time on okay. the dot. You know yeah. what I mean? You know what I mean? These yeah. these guys are highly trained, and everything they do is pinpoint precision. You you can't be the best world's best assassins without that. But I also like how he's killed like three birds with one stone. Yeah, that's cool. He killed her because and there's a and there's a price on her head. Yeah, he he's framing someone else. Yep, and. The there's one other thing in there. I think uh, I think it's and this and and he's got his and he's got his info. Yeah, the info for the so for the, so uh, he's done rescue. He's done three jobs for one bullet. I like that. <laughs> and, the, and the guy on the other end's going, "Can I get some of that um, money that, from the headhunter?" Yeah. He's like, "No, no." Um, he's like, "Hell no! Be lu- be lucky. There's not another bullet coming your way." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, he pl- he basically is going to frame someone else. He plants the gun. Um, he's going to deliver the gun for this guy to put prints on it and uh, all that jazz. So he knows where his brother's being held, so he's going to go and do that. And then we jump to... The brother from the woods. The brother from the woods. The brother from the same mother. Yeah. Um, he's with the kind of wisecracking I like, government agent. This page to me was really fun because the brother from the woods, he's pretty serious, you know, and he's going, you know... 
He's asking. Um, he's the Zen monk of the group. You know, he's yep. given up the modern world. Yeah, or the and free he goes, world. This, I really like these two panels where he says, "It's sad to me that I have to live in the wilderness to escape this bombarded bombardment of constant influence. It's also sad that you mock me because I value my peace of mind. I mock you because you're weird." <laughs> <laughs> Well, and the reason he's calling him weird, he's like, how the hell do you do it? He's like, 12-hour flight, you didn't move a muscle. Yep. You sat there, didn't read a book, didn't do nothing. Yep. He's like, what did you do? He's like, I thought. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, I read a book, I thought. He's like, no, you were told what to think. Yeah, Free thinking th- is no longer part of our world. Yeah. That's why I live where I live, out in the wilderness where he's alone. You I, know, think, no no, I think, I honestly believe that, too. I think kids are losing the ability to um, problem-solve. Absolutely, and um, it's just a nice little like wag of the finger at modern society because he makes a good point. Sure. Everywhere you look, there is something trying to grab your attention, sell you something, make yep. you think a certain way. Everywhere you look, I mean, uh, listeners, now if you're listening to this, take a look around your room. I guarantee you, you look around your room, or you look around where you're, or if you're listening to us uh, driving. There's going to be a sign to sell you something. There's going to be something that says the way you should feel. There's going to be something that tells you the way you should act, the mm-hmm. way you influence. So, yeah, it's true. You know, the, the modern world is totally about control and totally about against free free thinking. Yeah. And just it and it's just a sentence. You know, it's, it's this book isn't about that. No. But it's just a nice little like Yeah. You know. <laughs> I completely agree with it too. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So then we jump to this uh, government uh, lady, I don't exactly know what... She's kind of like a handler, you know what I mean? She's like the... She worked for this, basically, for the United States government, for the CIA, where they hi- they have assassins. Yeah. Right? Talking, like I said last time, it kind of reminds me of the Bourne Identity. She's the she's the puppeteer. Yeah. She's pulling the strings on the assassinations, and so she's she making lo- sure the world turns the way she wants it to. She lost her top assassin, the guy who got his nose cut off. Yep. Um... But anyway, we, uh, we're in her office, we see it, and then all of a sudden there's a voice, a uh, word balloon pointing down towards under her desk, <laughs> yes, and then indeed. we see that there is a senator in between her legs eating her out. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, that was that was interesting, you know? This lady is very sex-driven, but I think it's just it's just kind of funny. It's more of that uh, social satire on yeah. powerful women, and, like, yep. they just, they don't, want relationships because they can buy what they want right. whenever they want it. You yep. know what I mean? So, yeah, and he's doing it, he's doing his thing, and she's like, should I stop? And she's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, she's like, I don't feel, I feel like any more would just be a waste of both of our time. You're free to go, Senator. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets up, he's got his pants off. Yeah, his pants aren't pulled up yet. And, and uh, someone comes in um, who's another senator, another leader, some sort he's of person. He's definitely her superior. Yeah. And uh, he looks at the senator, and she, and, and as he walks out, and he's buttoning his pants, and uh, he gives her a sly look, and he's like, "Really, him?" And she's like, "What? I barely know his name. Uh, if you could get it up, it'd be you on that couch." Yeah. <laughs> so she, she's like, "I'm not interested in who it is. I'm just interested in getting off. Yeah, <laughs> That's she, it." Yeah, she's just, <laughs> she's just horny. And, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter. She's looking to pass some time. That's about it. Yeah. But uh, they basically just kind of. Um, throw some verbal knives at each other about um, losing that agent and all the secrets he holds and you better find him because yep. basically he came in there to give her a scolding yeah you know yeah you lost the best agent we have and yep. all the secrets he has is worth millions of dollars right so uh, in the wrong hands could be bad so that's the end of that we move on to the next page where we have um, the 
one brother who killed the girl in the beginning of the book, uh, he's spying on the Woodland brother and the Wisecracken agent who are just getting a, ready to assault the castle. Just a thought that just came to me. What uh-huh. if that's the fourth brother? Again, could be. Uh, because we don't... that. The guy that was given the information, then he shot the girl in the head. He shows up in a little while in the castle, and I love, I love that. But theory. he doesn't have. He does. Okay. Well, those this, are shadows. This. Oh. Okay. Well, he looked like he had on a little bit of right uh, uh, makeup. camouflage makeup on, but you th- think those are shadows? Yeah, I think that's just shadows from the trees. Oh, okay, then never mind. Because <laughs> that's I, where, they're just leafy looking as all. Okay, because you know, foliage. Cause, well, because then in. Um, the in the book, the brother that shows up does not have those. Well, that. But I also like your theory because when we get to the castle, the one brother has infiltrated the guards, and he's just there. Like mm-hmm. this would be a ways away from the castle, yep. spying on people who are also a ways away from the castle, yep. and then also so we see the castle way in the background. Yeah. Because they're at some recon, you know, distance. And then all of a sudden when we're at the castle, the other brother is just there. He's there. So So, I like your theory. So when, but when I was at, when I read this initially, I didn't think of a fourth brother. I thought, how in the hell did he get to the castle so fast? I didn't even think Uh, about that. I I did because. um, I didn't even think about that. um, Yeah, because like you said, he was just there. Yeah. So. He was, he's just there. And so I'm going. I don't know. So it just didn't. Uh, the timing didn't feel right to me. So if it's a fourth brother, the evidence for a fourth brother is stacking. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, People yeah. listening to this are gonna be like, "I read that comic. There's no fucking fourth brother." <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna go back and look at it and go, "Oh my god, he's right! Holy, they were right! They were, they were right!" <laughs> but we get to the castle. Um, uh, Assassins and leaders and people who are ready to get this secret, you know, uh, auction are, this, are showing up. This blew me away, okay? This was really funny. This uh, limo pulls up to the castle. This guy in a white tux steps out, and he's just acting like a doofus. And he says, Whoa, wow, what a castle! What a castle! And his date behind him comes up and stabs him through the back of the head <laughs> with a knife. Like, I can't date you. And then, and then looked at another guy, and she goes, you! You're my date. Let's go. <laughs> Don't <Yeah>. embarrass me. <laughs> Come. Do not embarrass me. Yeah. That's really great. Uh, and then one of the guys says, clean this up before too many guests see it. Hurry. Right. And, and then that's that where brother. we see that brother. And he says, yes, sir. And he's infiltrated the guards. Yes. So, yeah. I, I told, evidence is stacking up for a fourth brother. Um, this was great, Because too. here's where I thought, like, how do you get those vests? Because now we jump back to uh, the brother that was being spied on. Yeah. And he's still outside the castle looking up to get in. Mm-hmm. So, with the other uh, cheeky secret agent guy. Yes. And but the brother that was spying on them was further away from the castle than them. That's where He was using did, binoculars. That's yeah. where this didn't make sense to me. I got you. I See, I didn't put that together at all. I just was like reading. <laughs> yeah. He was a ways behind them. Yeah. Absolutely. It totally makes sense. And now so. he's at the castle well before them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Because the one brother is... Uh, in, captive. In captive. The one, one brother is right outside the castle, and the third one is in the castle. The third one's in the woods. Now, out, out yeah. of the cat. Yeah. yeah. So the fourth Whatever. one. Yeah, I know, man. I got you. Um, but they have this really great conversation back and forth about um, blowing things up. And, yep. like <laughs> and he calls it, he calls it um, um, in art, you know, he feels like he could be, how do you describe it? He's like, a, oh, I'm surgical. About yeah, it. yeah. You, best, you can be surgical with bombs. 
my bombs I can, you know. Yeah, exactly. They they're kinda going back and forth about the best style and he's like and he's like, I don't like your style, it's too Ironically, a bomb then blows up in the castle and he's like, Don't look at me, that's not one of mine. <laughs> that's not one of mine. I've yep. been with you the whole time. So um there's a nice like level of comedy in this book too, which For I really sure. like. Oh yeah. Uh, we go t- inside, though, and the auction hasn't even started, and um, the guests are freaked out by the explosion, and the auctioneer's like, don't worry, uh, someone's trying to crash the party, so we, let's get this auction moving, my guards will deal with that, so let's go, let's start the bidding at two million, like, who, who, anybody else, let's go. Yeah, well, then, then the Russian woman that stabbed her boyfriend in the back of the head, or she date, date, or whoever he was. Ten million. Yeah, she goes right to ten million and says, I doubt anyone's going to... Um, Bid higher, let's go. Yeah, especially in the light of the current situation that we're being attacked. So give me my man, yep. my heli- meet me on my, make my helicopter meet me on the roof. Yeah, and then the other guy that she picked up outside of the castle on her walk in, she goes, she she says, I like you, you smell nice. We will do sex things together. <laughs> <laughs> you will accompany me. I am keeping you. Yeah. I like you, you smell nice. We will do sex things together. That's funny. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, he's, uh, okay. <laughs> so they're moving uh, the brother up to the roof. Uh, the um, the auctioned this brother with no nose. This is hilarious to me that um, one of the armed guards that's moving the brother without the nose up to the roof is his brother. And nobody is able to tell that they look alike because these two brothers have very similar hair length. Yeah, but this one's slicked up and slicked back and this the guy's got his nose cut off. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't think people uh, in this world understand that there's these brothers and you know they're all separate and they've all done these things separately you know they've all gone separate ways and separate paths a group of identical brothers that have become assassins um it's just strange i know absolutely but uh they are moving up the stairwell and uh the one of the guards is like uh, the explosion happens and he's like jesus another one and then um the guy behind him who is the one brother he says yeah weird let's get him to the roof and you can see the brother with no nose actually has a little smirk on his face, so mm-hmm. you can. I think he knows that his. He can hear it because his head turns to the right, and he. His bro- he, he knows that's his. He knows that of, voice. Yeah, yeah he turned he, his head. Mm-hmm. So yes, the one brother kills the guy, the guard, the real guard, the real yeah. guard who's escorting up to the the captive brother. As up they got to the up rough. there, they ran into the Russian woman and her new date, and she says, "You're all that's left." Yeah. They got my partner. They got my partner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, they make it up to the roof where the brother from the... um, Actually, the next page isn't the roof. It's the brother from the woods um, trying to make his way to the roof to find his brother. And the army guy that's with him is not being surgical at all. No. He claims. (laughs) He's just trying to blow his way through there and the the brother's like, if we just walk around, we can avoid all these guys. He goes, too late. I'm already... Yeah, he's like, I'm already shooting at him. They're already shooting at me. And 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 he's like, you know, fine, I'll shoot him in the knees. You know? Yeah. Well, he makes a point. He's like, because he's kind of gone through this new way of life about not killing and all that. And he's like, you know, some of these guys have families. This is just a job. And he's like, all right, fine. I'll line them up like bowling pins, and he starts shooting and shooting out their knees, and then uh, they rush in, and they're still getting shot back at, and they um, they realize that shooting them in the knees doesn't stop them from shooting guns. But we'll yep. get to that in a moment. We're back on the roof uh, where the Russian lady is take, trying to get her prize uh, off and out, and the assassin brother who killed that lady earlier in the issue shoots the Russian lady's new boyfriend, yep. and she's pissed about that. And she goes, she's like, "I liked him. I liked him." So. Um, 
the brother with no nose now, uh, he attacks the Russian woman, and he realizes that his other brother has come, and they are not friends. No. They've never liked each other, and Which they're at odds. funny because, you know, the book, the beginning of this issue just said they went their separate ways. It didn't say anything about... Um, but that's plenty of times, like, I like when books do that, because that you can dedicate a whole issue to backstory then. Yep, because the two said, in time they became uh, a group of the most deadly and reliable assassins in the world. Eventually they grew apart and went their separate ways. But rest assured, if you ever come face to face with any of them, you will die, die, die. 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 Now, I don't want to give away the ending of this issue. I do want people to read it, so because there is a big cliffhanger oh, yeah. that happens at the end of this issue, and I think it's very poignant for the story. Yeah. So listeners out there, I personally don't want to wreck the end of this issue. I, it was surprised me, and oh, yeah. I thought it was really cool. I think I think any action fan, any comic fan that is a, a fan of like mature books should be reading this. So um, before we get too much further, you know, the two brothers are fighting on top of the roof, and the one brother from the woods and his uh, secret agent cohort are fighting guards to try and get to the roof. Yeah. And there is a culmination of events that happens at the end of this that will make you want to read and go further. Is that a good summation of what's happening here? Yes, but I... Um, you want a spoiler cast it? I want to talk about it so much. <laughs> Let's give the people a week buffer. We'll okay. talk about it next week. Okay, okay, because this, this is the frame I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I know, uh, I know, I know. <laughs> it's just, it's a really big thing that happens, especially if you're a fan of number one. Issue number one blew me away in terms of how, yes. like, the quality. Yes. And issue number two continued very strong. So, so. good. Um, and I, I apologize to people who are confused. There's no easy way to describe each brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely we don't apologize. Know their name, so like the last page. Yeah, until the last page, it's like yeah, there's no way to describe these people other than just this is the brother that did this, this is the brother that did that. Yep. They are all identical. So uh, this book is such fun. It's such a surprise. It's Die, 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 Robert Kirkman, issue number two. Grab it, love it, read it. We'll talk about, we'll spoiler cast the ending of issue number two next week. Yeah. Even though Tyler really wanted to talk about it this week. No, we'll do it next week. I think uh, that's a good idea. I'm going to just mention this book. I'm not even going to go through it. Cold Spots from Cullen Bunn. Was it good? Yeah. Uh, you didn't sound convinced. <laughs> it's just kind of a... It's another Cullen Bunn book. Cullen Bunn, you know, for me, I keep giving him chances because I like his ideas for books. But the execution is never quite he's there. Also, he's also a very, very busy guy who puts out a lot of content. Uh-huh. So. But you remember how Dark Arc was, we liked Colin Bunn for, like, that one issue, and then yeah. after that we were like, what the hell? I have a feeling Cold Spots is going to be like that, but I'm going to give it um, a, another try when issue two comes out. Okay, so. cool. Um, anyway, it's a ghost story, by the way. If you, you know, cold, cold spots, spots is a ghost story. Yeah, um, when um, oh, I got you. When, when someone's dead near yeah. you, you know, it gets cold. You feel a cold. That's where I was kind of like, eh, because it's we're talking about um, stuff that people have done a million times. Yeah, it's so cold in here. Yeah, you know? exactly. So well, um, uh, bedtime me... games. I did not read yet, but I will as soon as I get home because I just bought it. Okay, cool. And dead life is it still on the shelf? No, I think it's sold not. out. Yeah. Um, I'll just cover them quickly. Um, we got to get to wrapping up the show because honestly, I do have some plans that I need to get to. So we're hey, we can stop anytime. We're at an hour and a half. Good deal. Well, let's do a quick spot on these books here. We'll wrap up the show. Um, 
but prior to us wrapping up the show, thanks so much for listening again. Yeah. Uh, this episode and all future episodes for the foreseeable future will be brought to you by Rainbow Comics, Cards, and Collectibles. Find Rainbow everywhere on the World Wide Web at Rainbow Collectible, Rainbow, excuse me, RainbowCardsAndComics.com, and at both addresses in both locations, 3310 South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and 1501 Pine Lake Road, uh, Suite 17 in Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay, can I... Um I don't mean to step on your toes, but you said the web address wrong. Did I? It's Rainbow Comics and Cards. I know. I, dot com. Okay, sorry. My bad. Rainbow Comics and Cards dot com. Yeah, you said them opposite. You said Rainbow Cards and Comics. Well, our our, our eBay com. is, I think, Rainbow Cards and Comics. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't help when you no, do things doesn't. when you do things backwards. <laughs> uh, but no, because the, the, the name of the store is Rainbow Cards. Com- <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> Rainbow Comics Cards and Collectibles. That's what happens. Uh, so uh, the web address is. RainbowComicsAndCards.com. Beautiful. I'm sorry. My bad. When I get to rattling, I rattle very fast. Uh, but yeah, you can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Snapchat. Uh, you can find them on Twitter and Instagram and all your social favorite social media outlets. I will say this as a customer. See, this is a unique spot for us because you are an employee. Yes. I am a customer. Correct. And so uh, as a customer, um, I have yet to find another comic shop in my travels, everywhere I go, I look for a record store and a comic book store. Yeah. And I've never found any other store comparable to this, to Rainbow Comics. Well, that's, you know, that's what I want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I want to bring. I yeah. want, I don't want to just be a store. Yeah. I want to be an experience. Oh, it the, sounds weird, yeah, but I'd rather the, be something that people, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying, okay, you know, you've referred to them as Wednesday warriors, yeah. the guys that are lined up at the door every Wednesday. And I don't know about other shops, but I've always found that a testament to how good the store is where guys are willing to line up outside the door and just wait um, for their books. For their books just on a regular Wednesday. Isn't we're not even talking about um, free it's comic book day or, or anything. Special, anything. Yeah. No, it's every Wednesday when I show up to the store about usually 10, 15 minutes after you've opened. There is a line um, as I'm getting into Sioux Falls going, holy crap, people are lined up at the door already. And I'll <laughs> yeah. go grab something from a different store, McDonald's maybe, or this or that, and I'll come back to after you're open. Yeah. And, but I'm always, I don't know, shocked that kind of there's a line yeah. There's a line to get in already. Oh, you know, it makes us feel good. It, it, it lets us know we're doing something right. Right. And uh, you know, that's what I want to instill is a culture. I don't want. I don't want to just be another store. You know, I'd rather. I'd rather sell experience more than just books. You yeah. Know, I don't want people to come in and be like, "Yeah, I bought some books from Rainbow." I yeah. want to be like, "Man, I went to Rainbow. It was awesome. My I talked kids- about these books. I bought these books that I like. It. I bought these new books that this guy recommended to me. Everything was cool. I can't wait to come back." Like okay. that's what I want to. That's what I want to have people say. So you know, that's our, what I want to hear. Your generation, my generation, and older uh, people love comic books. Yep. Younger generations are not as much into it, and so uh, I'm sitting in Rainbow right now, and the collection of pop figures in here is huge. And I would just say, like my boys, teenage boys, love going through all the pop figures that you guys carry in here. So I mean, it's literally all ages. There's action figures here. There's games here, board games here. Like there's a DC board game I want to buy. There's um, baseball cards. There's collectible mugs that, you know, like you used to be able to get at McDonald's or Hardee's or something. Um, We don't have everything, but with 5,000 square feet of awesome, we have a little bit of everything. So that is the nice thing about the store. And also, uh, if you check back 
on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. If you're here once a week or here twice a month, the stock changes weekly. Quickly. You know, uh, things turn over, things move, collections come in, collections go out. So the nice thing about the store is you can always come back and find something else that week or that day or that, you know, that month. Everything's different all the time. You know, um, it's fast paced. I I hate just harping on pop figures, but, you know, up at the counter, there's always like a rare pop figure. (laughs) Not, maybe not rare, but, you know, I would say featured. (laughs) Featured pop figure. Yeah. Sometimes they're rare in the case, you know. Oh, yes. Um, But when I go up to pay every week, literally, it's a different thing right there at the counter. So I'm going, Okay, last week it was a, you know, thing from Stranger Things. In the retail world, we like to call that an impulse buy. (laughs) Right. No, I I understand that. You hit them right at the register when they're ready to check out. But I'm saying it's not... It's not the same one every time. No. You guys are really active on making sure that things are fresh. Well, I also like to be timely. If a movie's coming out, I'm featuring that up in the front. Yeah, it doesn't make sense not to. If, you know, Halloween time, get ready to see Freddy Krueger, Mike Myers, Jason, and all that everywhere. Because... That's what sells, and that's what it's timely. People yeah. are people are they like to buy what's on the public consciousness, and they also like to see a store who's active about it. So yeah, uh, that's what we like to do, and that's the the game we like to play. And uh, we're happy that we have players who play the game with us, which are our customers and our listeners here. So yeah, absolutely. So to end uh, the show, uh, what do you want? Let's let's hit one of those bedtime games or dead life. Um, I would say, well. Tell us about Dead Life. Uh, we could do both. I just, I read issue one, was going to pick up issue two, but like I said, I had so many books to pick up. Yeah, I would say quick spot on both. Uh, Dead Life really slowed down for me. The storytelling I thought was pretty weak in the, in the second issue. Was it? Uh, it was 80 pages of dull. I'm sorry. Okay. I loved issue number one, yeah. and issue number one was um, at a breakneck pace, mm-hmm. and the storytelling was great, and, the, and I never wanted to like quit reading. Issue number two, I really struggled to get through it. Um, it wasn't bad. It just was not interesting in any way, shape, or form. Um, it's hard to do a zombie book and keep it interesting after was, what we see happens with The Walking Dead, you know, because... Well, and that was the problem. Like, you know, there's so many elements here that are, that are just reinvented or already used. You know, Mm -hmm. um, they deal with a point where people are turning because they're drinking the water. And it means, and and, well, yeah. And then in my head, I'm like, oh, cabin fever, Mm -hmm. saw it, body in the water, right? Mm -hmm. They get to the water plant. Guess what? Body in the freaking water. I've seen it. I've seen it. I watched it. It's done. Like, you can't reuse it. Did (laughs) you like cabin fever? I love the first one. Did you? I think it's really inventive. Um, it's a it's a body horror movie that's just disgusting. Right. I'm trying to think of what his name uh, Hunter or Ryder Strong. Right? Isn't that what his name is? Huh? The the main character, the dude. Oh yeah, maybe. Wasn't <laughs> he from Boy Meets World? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, that's one of the last movies he's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I killed his career. I just don't think he really just like super enjoys acting anymore. Yeah, probably not. But uh I like the first Cabin Fever. It's a great movie. It's a body horror movie. I saw it in the theater and it's gross. Haven't seen it since. It's so gross. I should go back and watch it. It's a good movie. It's um, solid. You know, one I hated was The Ring. You hated The Ring? I I literally left the theater. When? When it came out. Wow. No. When did you leave the theater? Oh, I suppose it was halfway through. Wow. I was just done. Like just yeah. like not interested. Now The Ring came out when I was probably middle school 
Okay. Sorry to sorry to date you. Let's see. <laughs> no, uh, for those out there, uh, we figured it out. I'm eight years older than John, uh, so I am 36. So is that is that right? Eight years. You're I'm 29. 29. Okay, I'll be 37 in November. So yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, there are some differences. Let's see here. The ring. I'm just going to check when it came out. Yeah. You go ahead and. Yeah, we'll wrap the we'll wrap the story up or the show up on that. But Dead Life issue number two really slowed down for me. I will stick around for issue number three because it's only going to go three issues, and that's the beauty about Static Express and Titan Comics. They they put out eighty solid pages of of story, and I'm totally down for that. And I'll finish up with number three just because it's only three issues. Oh, it is. It's it only out. three. Yep, yep. It doesn't have the it doesn't have like of or you know of two of three on here. But Static Express, all their stuff has been just three issues. Huh. They're 80 pages. I mean, they're, that's, they're thick. Yeah. That's three books. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is three issues in one. Yeah. You know what I mean? I will so. say that they've always had meaty books. I, I, I still attest to this day that uh, right now, at least, Statics Press puts out the best bang for your buck in comics right now for $6. Yeah. This is solid. That's why so. I put it back because I'm like, okay, I've got the stack of books. Yeah. I this agree. one's more expensive. It's definitely more expensive, but I would say worth every single penny because there's zero, I count zero ads within your story from pay from beginning to end uh they don't tout anything or hit you with like doritos or any of this bullshit yeah at the end 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 they they tout their own books which i have no problem with oh yeah but it never interrupts your story yeah and uh quick spot bedtime games um slow down a little bit on the story again uh but i'll finish up because it's only four issues if you like stephen king's it if you like uh movies like creep show this yep. is really up your alley so. yep I also read Black Hammer, Age of Doom, number four. Uh, it um, has a big reveal at the end. Um, so, spoiler warning, if you don't like this, go ahead, about a minute and a half. But the heroes that are stuck on the farm, uh, basically the Matrix breaks down, and they discover that they are just in these um, pods, like a, mm. a life-sustaining pod thing. Mm. So that... Very cabin in the woods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they realize that they've just been in these sense of uh, like a, a state of an alternate suspended reali- animation. Yeah, suspended reality. Really. Yeah, and and then they realize they're not living the, in the real world. Nope. They have no effect on it. And so the farm that they've been living it was not real. Uh, and in Redneck, we find out that uh, there's more backstory about Bartlett. They shave his face. He gets, he, you know, Bartlett's got that huge mustache. Uh, Redneck number 14 is what I'm uh, talking about, Donnie Cates. Um, Bartlett's been the, the weird uncle that's been taking care of uh, the young girl. Yeah. Because um, the Landrys, you remember the, the Landrys were the, the preacher? They've all been turned. Yep. Because I know you haven't been following since a few issues back but the Landry's have been turned Bartlett and the girl I keep forgetting her name Perry they were kidnapped they've escaped Perry's disappeared now and Bartlett was rescued by an ex-girlfriend that he turned oh cool he so had, he turned more history coming back to bite yes, him and literally she, she has she was in an accident and he turned her to save her life because he never told her he was a vampire so then once she got turned she's never wanted to see him again but while running away from the Landrys, she rescued him. He's back at her farm. It's this whole thing. She, you know, her um, person that is in her group of uh, vampires. Coven of vampires. Yes. In this book, we find out there is a coven and a parliament of vampires. Of course. And so. As there should it's be. It's very Twilight-esque. So that's the part I don't is that, like. Is that bothering is it, you? Yeah. 
just because that's not original. Um, right. You know, the, this, the this, high society vampires. The vampire. Yeah. The vampire. This book has been so good because they are rednecks. They are, you know, Southern culture has been huge in this thing. And now you introduce this hoity toity high society vampires. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the, 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 the appeal of this book has always been that it's southern culture vampires you know yeah. it, that's the unique twist about it now you're leaning back on on the laurels of past books and past ideas because yeah. that's also where Anne Anne rice's um novels kind of hit a interview stop for me vampire uh, that kind of stuff i love interview the vampire i was introduced to the film at a very young age it yeah. was mystified by it like it's a book? very i love the book i think it's solid yep. it's a it's a really I have that whole series of books it's in one volume the mm-hmm. thing is huge <laughs> it's like it's massive uh so yeah i do love um the film it was very mystifying as a young a young kid to be watching that because it's it's very it, i don't know it's, it's just, unique well that and it's just it opens you up and especially at such a young age just so many crazy things yeah and uh great film love it and then uh i read the book and i love the book and then i read vampire lestat which was good not great and then i got to um the vampire armand and that's really where it hit a stop point for me because of that high society vampire and that high that, there's that hierarchy yeah and then it, it just it got to a point where i was like you know i don't want i don't care you know like i'm sorry like yeah. i'm not I don't like that there's this rules that they're all bound by. You know, I love yes, Lestat's that, roguish nature. That's where it's going in Redneck right now that's too bad. at the end of this book. I'm like going, no. Because that's what makes Lestat so readable is yeah. he's got a roguish nature. Who do, he, does, he lives by his own rules and gives zero Fs about yeah. where he's coming from, where he's going, and who, he gets, in, who well, gets in his way. He will take them out. Well, Bartlett's ex-girlfriend and her horde that rescued her rescued him, you know, they don't even they they shave his face while he's unconscious because it's dirty, you know, it's a dirty look. <laughs> right, I got you. Uh, and I'm going, oh, if someone shaved my face when I was out, I would be pissed. <laughs> uh, so sorry about being gone last week, guys. That's why you got an extra long episode today. Indeed. Um, I got. Uh, um, Tyler brought life into the world. Got a new baby, so I hope. Everyone is cool, and I don't get any hate mail. Yeah, I'm sure someone's going to write <laughs> How dare you? How dare you not give us an episode? I, I can't believe you had a baby. Uh, God. Anyway. Anyway. This is the Beard of Comics. Tyler, with me as always, is the pretty boy. JP, we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye.